Hello, good morning, good afternoon to those people out tuning in, listening right now to Last Earth Productions. Thank you all again for tuning in to the show, man. I appreciate it greatly. And as you all know, I always get the last word. So, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot going on. NFL offseason, NBA season, starting to kickstart. We about one-third through the season. So, man, let's jump right into it, man. We're going to get right into the NFL news, though. I want to talk about a disgruntled Russell Wilson, man, and the Seattle Seahawks. And him, supposedly, there was a meeting, I believe it was this previous Thursday. If not, it was the week before that. And it was a meeting where Russell was, as you all have seen, I'm sure that he was on what I, the name of the um, broadcaster or the commentator right now, name is forsaking me right now, but... As you all heard, he obviously is bothered by the fact he does get sacked a lot and that he doesn't have... To me, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't about the sacks, really, to me. To me, it was more so about the personnel and scheme decisions. He wants to have a part of that. And you see guys like Brady. You see guys like Rodgers to an extent. You see guys like that. You see them have say so in what schemes and who they should bring in and this, that, and the third. Russell Wilson just wants a piece of that. He doesn't want to make all the decisions ultimately, but he wants to be able to say, hey, I think this guy can help us. Can we consider him to come to the team? And all he wants to hear, he's like, you know what, all right. right, we'll take a look at him. Let's see what he's, he's about. And if we don't like him, Seahawks give that reason, and Russell Wilson will probably live with the results. But that's not what's happening. What's happening, Pete Carroll... And him in this historical, old and outdated, antiquated sense of morality in terms of his scheme and how things should be ran on the team is just it's not floating well with today's and age NFL. And it's starting to show his true adapting skills, which he lacks severely, that they're, you know, it's truly not there. So with that being said. Russell Wilson has become frustrated walking out on meetings because he's not being heard. His um, his perspective isn't being viewed or taken seriously enough, as he, of course, feels that way. And some reports came out that, you know, Russell Wilson camp has discussed possible trade destinations that included the Dolphins, the Jets, Saints, and Raiders. And then right after this, this was actually debunked by Adam Schefter that if a trade were considered, the teams that will be in the that teams that he will be willing to play for are the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Bears. Now, with all this being said, what does this mean? Russell Wilson on the trade block? No. His agent and has actually his camp has actually come out and said that he has not requested a trade from the Seattle Seahawks. And and quite, to be quite honest with you all, I know Carson Wentz just hit the bank against the Eagles for I believe thirty five, thirty four million. Russell Wilson, he is a $39 million cap hit if the Seahawks were to trade him. I mean, they only saved $7 million by getting him traded or releasing him. That's a $32, that's a negative $32 million difference. That's, that's not something they want to do, especially when you have a top five quarterback on your team, arguably top three. But he's obviously growing frustrated, and things seem to not be getting better, you know, Ever since the the show that he was, I I don't know. I think it's Dan Patrick. I could be wrong, but ever since the show, 
things just seem to be progressively getting worse. I mean, his camp coming out and saying these things on ESPN, saying that, you know, yeah, he's not asking for a trade. But however, if it was a trade, whenever you throw in however or but, that means there is a possibility that this can happen. So don't be surprised if it were to come to fruition. So I think it's just cracked a little bit of a door of opportunity. I mean, it's... To me, it's just crazy, and this quarterback carousel is actually going to take off. Like, there are going to be some familiar faces in new places. Like, seriously, I know Deshaun Watson, we all know he wants to go. The report's coming out saying he spoke with David Cully, and he reassured him that, listen, this has nothing to do with you, man. It's not personal. This is business. I want out of here. This is not where I want to end up and waste the next four to five years of my career. This is not me. I don't want to be here. I understand I'm 25. I understand I'm young, but I'm not getting any younger by the day. I want out. I want to be someone that I actually appreciate it. Russell Wilson is starting to look like he's feeling that way as well. He understands he's 30. I believe he's 32. He understands he doesn't have all the time in the world. Yeah, he's still got at least five, six years left of high play, but he understands he doesn't have all the time in the world left to build upon his legacy. So he wants to do that as fastly as he can. You know, then you got guys like Carson Wentz took control of his destiny. Excuse me, Matthew Stafford, um, Jared Goff. You know, he didn't demand a trade, but he's gone. You know, it was first the one or two picks from I believe four years ago in Wentz and Goff. They're not even on the same team anymore, which is crazy to me. Like it's then you got to take into consideration the guys like that Prescott, like Cam Newton, like Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, like, these these guys are all going to be in new places next year. And I ain't even talking about Aaron Rodgers because, as we all believe, he's going to be the quarterback of the Packers next year. But there's even a slimmer of light that he couldn't be because he asked for a trade. I mean, not trade. He asked for an extension with the team to test their loyalty. And I haven't seen any reports even of a discussion of an extension with him. So who knows where that's going to end up, man. It's all I'm saying, man, we should not be surprised on what happens this next coming offseason, man. This is going to this is going to be like an NBA, NBA offseason, man. It's, it's going to be so many moving pieces. It's going to be crazy. It's, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. So, Russell Wilson, unhappy. And then, you know, another NFL news. You know, you got Tom Brady and the Buccaneers general manager. They're saying that he should be a shoe in to resign. Like, you know, we just won the Super Bowl. This team is talented, young. But my thing, I don't know. I'm not fully confident in their abilities to bring back some of these. <clears throat> excuse me, some of these guys that they have, like Levante David, Chris Godwin. I don't. I don't listen. I understand that guys. I want to take pay cuts to keep guys. All these guys are not going to stay. They're not. Levante David, maybe, but I think Chris Godwin is as good as gone. They have multiple guys there that they work the ball to and try to get it to. He's one of those guys, but he, I think he knows mentally and physically he can be a really, really good two or even a good enough one. He's going to test the market. He's going to max out on his dollars, as he should. I think the same for Levante David, though, even though I think he has a higher chance of staying than... Uh, Chris Godwin would, but I think both of those guys ultimately will walk. 
Now, with that being said, I do think Brady comes back. I think Gronk comes back for another season. And if they win it all next season, I think Brady's done. I think Gronk is done. The O.J. Howard would be returning, so that would limit Gronk's <clears throat> snaps. But I, I truly believe that Tom Brady will be back. And I believe that, <clears throat> excuse me, and I believe that Chris Godwin and Levante David are as good as gone. Now, with all that being said, what is left for the Texans, man? Like, I understand I spoke about the showers earlier, but as you all seen, the Texans have released their center, Martin, and they have cut running back Duke Johnson. Now, with this being said, the Texans are obviously about to start a rebuild. They they have no choice but to now. I know they don't have draft picks. I know they don't have a cap space, but they trade Deshaun Watson. They released a lot of cash off their books. Not only just that, they will get a lot of draft compensation for him. They have to trade this man in order to truly start a successful rebuild. Because if you don't, and he truly does sit out a season, now you are forced to trade him. You no longer have the luxury of playing devil's advocate with teams. Now they know you need to trade him, so now you're going to get the littlest possible as, as they can offer. They can be like, oh, yeah. He really set out. Oh, man. You know, how about two seconds now? Instead of two seconds, two firsts, instead of two seconds, two firsts, you can get a first and a second. That's it. You're not getting two defensive stars like you wanted. Maybe you get one. Maybe. If this guy sits out the whole season, you're maybe getting one. And you're going to get the one that we want you to get. The has got to make a move now, man. The, the deal is at its peak right now. They have to make a move. And in NBA news, we're going to jump right into that. As you see, the Brooklyn Nets have been on absolute fire, man. Like, they, they've been otherworldly of late. I believe they won eight straight games without Kevin Durant, which that was, makes it even more impressive. And James Harden, man, he's – I don't see – to be truth be told, I understand he has limited games in the East, but I don't see how the guy wasn't a starter in the East. Just like I don't see how Trey Young didn't make a roster. The roster, excuse me. James Harden has been an absolute monster since joining the Nets. He's been their facilitator. He's been their best scorer in terms of in terms of his usage rate and his ability to get guys open shots and he created his own shots. He's been that for them. He's been their best playmaker by far. And currently right now, he leads the NBA in, in assists, which if he were to do finish the season off, that would be his second time ever doing it in his career. This guy, is, I think he's legit, man, this, in this system. Again, they're proving me wrong. This is actually working phenomenally. And I wouldn't be surprised if they won the East, let alone won the finals if they kept this at this rate. Because, I mean, the moment Kevin Durant comes back, you got the second, third best player in the league right there. Then you got another top five, top eight player in James Harden. Then you got another top 15 player in Kyrie Irving. All they need is a little bit more defense, man, and I get, they'll be assuring, they'll be assuring for me to win it all. Shooting. Now we're going to speak on the Lakers a little bit, and I hate to tell you guys I told you so, but I told you so. All this team needed was another shot creator. That's it. They didn't necessarily need Anthony Davis. They didn't necessarily need Dennis Schroeder. They needed at least one of those other guys because it is hard. 
when you only have one guy on your team who can not only create his own shot, but the only guy on the team who can get others involved in going, that is extremely, extremely, extremely hard to win games, man. Especially when it's like something you can't prepare for. Like these happen because of injuries, because of COVID. They lost the other next two best shot creators because of those things. It's not like they came into the season knowing this. This just happened. Uh, yes, it's a part of the game, but that makes it a little bit harder. Lakers won last night, though, against the Trailblazers. After Damian Litters, I believe he opened the first quarter with 15 points. Lakers throwing back and won the game. Dennis Schroeder had a great game. LeBron had a great game. Montrez Harrell, good game off the bench. You know, I feel as if he needs a little bit more minutes than what he's getting. I think he'll start to get that progressively throughout the season, though, because he did seem a bit winded when the playoffs came. That could be because he did miss a lot of time through his grandma um, passing. God bless him and his family. But you would like to see him stay in shape, better shape, come postseason. Now, with all that being said, do I believe the the Lakers and the <clears throat> the Lakers and the Nets are on a crash course for the NBA title? Who knows? It's still early, man. A lot of things can happen. I'm not going to predict that. I'll probably give another prediction by the time playoffs come. But I wanted to speak a little bit about LeBron and this soccer player. I have no idea how to pronounce his name, but it's. Zlatan Ibramovic, Ibramovic. Some, I'm I'm sorry, you guys. I'm truly apologetic to the guy. I cannot pronounce his name. But basically, the soccer player, he has said that LeBron, guys of his status, uh, his you know, shouldn't speak on politics. That's because they are phenomenal at what they do, and they're known commodities like athletes. To me, this is complete utter BS, if I'm being honest with you. A guy who should... Everyone speaks on politics, man. The common person does. I don't, and I don't understand how a guy is speaking on social issues or the things wrong in the world has anything to do with him trying to talk or run political debates or issues. No, a guy who just ran for president and won... Him running for president and winning and having zero political background, that is a guy who has a, you know, shouldn't be speaking on political issues or trying to get into it, indulge into the, into it. Having a conversation or something, you don't need to be an expert to have a conversation. It's politicians out here who don't have any expertise in politics and are politicians who are senators who are part of the house. Like what? So to say that he shouldn't be able to speak on something because of his profession is absolutely, utterly ridiculous. That's, that's all it is. It's blasphemy and it's downright pathetic that this guy can even say something like that out of his mouth. Because you're, it's, it's the same shut up and dribble concept, man. You, he didn't say it verbatim, but it's the same as that concept. You're telling this guy he can't speak on something because he's a basketball player and he should just stick to that? No. That's that's not how life works, man. That's not that's not how it works. That's not how it should work. If you have the status and you have the means to make a difference in this world, do it. I don't care who says you shouldn't do it. Do it. And to me, it's just dead wrong what the guy was saying. LeBron did respond and say, "There's no way 
I'll ever just stick to sports, which he shouldn't. I'm not saying he's obligated to speak on the political issues in the world, but if he wants to and if he chooses to, that's his choice. This is what happened to freedom of speech. I thought this was America. But you know, that's that's it for me today, guys. I know it's been a short show. There's not too many things going on in sports right now. You know, All-Star Weekend coming up. I I spoke a little bit about that on who I believe was some snubs for me. So you guys can check me out on Instagram. You can see that there. And I'm not going to get into the events just yet until we actually see who's going to do what. And I think it's still strange that they're actually trying to have everything in one day and have things at the halftime show. and I think that's absolutely absurd, but we'll see. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you all for tuning in once again to the show, and I'll see you all in the next one.